Thank y'all. It was just uh, good to sit in, um, in some of those trees. So thank you, Cody. Thank y'all. Thank the band. Um, my name is Matt. I'm, uh, I'm one of the elders at the church here. If you notice, uh, I'm not Josh. I don't have his nice, cool little new glasses that he has. Um, Josh and Meg and the whole college group, they're on uh, the beach trip this year. It's kind of a way that a lot of college kids get to celebrate um, the end of finals, um, and it's also just a really good time uh, for them to kind of fellowship, get to know each other, and um, it's a combination of time at the beach, time hanging out, but they also walk through just some really cool stuff uh, through the Bible and some devotional time. So y'all can be praying for them. I think they'll be uh, going through the beginning of this week. So, um, so yeah, be praying for them as they, as they come back. Uh, let's do this. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be for, uh, for tonight. Uh, we're going to look at verses 15 to 23. Uh, <clears throat> tonight I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. So, broad topic. Uh, uh, and I'm going to try to narrow it down a little bit, so, so hopefully it'll be um, concise. But um, just thinking through, you know, knowing Josh was going to be out, and we were kind of talking about who was going to preach, um, the Lord just kind of had me in this passage for a while, and coming off of Easter, um, just a time when we really sit on just the reality of um, Jesus' death and his resurrection and just all the implications from that. And then we look at what happened after that um, when he came back, stayed with his disciples, um, and then he left um, in order that the Spirit may come. And so um, and you, you see the time of Pentecost and Acts. And so just kind of thinking through that, I just thought that it would be good for us to sit on, um, on just what... When we talk about the Holy Spirit, like, what are we talking about? Like, what are some of the realities of the Spirit that are true about us um, that, um, that we need to just kind of sit in and, and maybe rest in and, and think about a little bit more? So, so hopefully it'll be good tonight. Um, yeah, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to read through the passage, and uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, yeah, talk about what, what I'm going to be walking through tonight. So look at verse 15. Um, let's start there. For, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not give, cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all, all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So... In very Paul-like fashion, that's a very long run-on sentence. And so um, we're going to be focusing primarily on verses 19 through 23, um, talking about just the immeasurable greatness of the power that, um, that we have uh, with, with the Spirit within us. And so um, a brief review, because I know Josh has spent some time talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. I think maybe a year or two ago he spent a few weeks, um, maybe longer than that, 
just talking about what the Holy Spirit is, is functioning and talking about um, the, what it does in our lives. And so I just kind of want to touch on that a little bit. We're not going to spend a ton of time on that. But I think it's important for us to have a little bit of background. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is, and this is going to be something that if you've been in church, um, you're not going to be unfamiliar with. Um, Holy Spirit is a, is a member of the Trinity. So um, we have the Father, uh, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is, uh, is a person, and I think that's something that's kind of hard to, to grasp a little bit, but um, he's referred to as the, as the comforter um, throughout the Bible. He's referred to just by other names that just reveal a very personal and active role. Um, he's fully divine, so um, has all the characteristics of, of God um, within him, and, uh, and he's within every believer. He's within us. He is the, um, when we talk about the roles of the, of the Spirit, when we talk about the roles of the Trinity, and I think Josh did a really good job of, of talking about this whenever he, he taught on it. He says, um, one of the things that, you know, God the Father, God, God the Father wills, so he wills things to happen. Um, God the Son, his role is to accomplish the things that the Father wills. And then the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does is he applies that, uh, what, the God, what, God has, what God the Father has willed and what the Son has accomplished um, in our lives. So kind of, Holy Spirit makes it very real for us personally. And, and so... Um, so no, it's just it's just very cool to see that, and I think you get to see those um, those roles in this passage. You get to see all three kind of coming in into into one. We see the the father the, um, the father willing that that we get the spirit of wisdom and a revelation into just the reality of the power that we have through Jesus' resurrection. We have Jesus the Son um, accomplishing that work by um, living a sinless life on earth and um, being obedient to death and being raised from the dead. And we see the spirit. Um, making this real, enlightening us to the realities of these truths. And so we just see some of those roles kind of play out throughout this passage. And um, like I said, we're going to focus on the power aspect of it. In verse 19 it says, What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Um, but Paul also talks about, he's, and this is a very cool prayer, I think he's praying over this church in uh, Ephesus. He um, founded this church um, it's, it's mentioned in Acts. You can look at, I think, Acts 19, it talks about it. But spent several years there and really just developed this church. So he's writing back to this church um, and, uh, and as a way of encouragement to them, reminding them of some just really important truths. Um, but we see just him uh, throughout these writings. So he'll kind of break off into prayers for him. So he's writing, but he's like speaking prayers for him. And I just think that's a very cool thing to, to think about as a side note. Just his, you see his heart for this, for this church body. And... Um, and I think this is something that we can just look at for ourselves as ways we can kind of be praying for each other, that these things become a reality for us. Um, so we're going to be talking about, Paul asked for you know, the Spirit to enlighten them on, on three specific things. He talks about uh, re, you know, revealing to them the, the hope that they have, um, the fact that they are an inheritance to the Lord, so the, the reality that they are extremely valuable to the Lord, and, um, and then the measurable greatness of His power. So we're going to be talking about the power, but... Um, we're going to see different aspects of the hope and just how valuable we are through this power. So, uh, so we'll, we'll definitely catch glimpses of that. So um, let's do this. Let's look at verse uh, 19 again. So verse 19, it says, and, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, um, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? So Paul's describing this uh, immeasurably great. He uses very strong wording for this power that's available to us. Um, immeasurably great according to the working of his great might. And so I think he, he, he does that on purpose. You look at some of the con- commentaries that they have on this passage. He does that on purpose because he's really trying to like, make a, a, a strong point. That there is there's an immeasurably great amount of power that 
uh, that we have available to us through the Spirit that is within us because of the, the work that, that Jesus did. Um, and so what he goes on to describe is he describes the basis for that power, um, the, the fullest display of that power, and that's through uh, Jesus' uh, death and resurrection on the cross and his, his position in a, in a position of authority over all things. And so we're going to see maybe two themes kind of coming through tonight, I hope. Um, this idea of, of victory, um, this idea of victory over sin, victory over, over death, um, that, that is a very real reality to us. And then this, uh, the reality of the authority um, that Jesus has over all things and how that authority affects us because of the Spirit within us. And so those are kind of two ideas I want us to kind of hold maybe in our heads as we walk through. And we're going to talk about maybe some practical applications of what that means. But, um, but we don't talk about the, the Spirit a ton. We talk about the Spirit a lot. But you don't hear a whole lot, I guess, sermons preached on it. And so, um, so I think it would be good for us just to really like sit on, on those realities. Because there's such, there's such amazing amounts of truth. Um, and I think it changes the way we see ourselves and changes the way we see life in general and other people. So I hope, hopefully this will be good. Um, all right, so we're going to start off talking about um, Jesus, his power over death. So um, Paul talks about um, this power that we have available to us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Um, and so just that idea of victory. So we're going to kind of sit in this victory idea. So victory over, uh, over death. So when we talk about death, we're talking about... Um, a couple things. Talk about physical death. So when Paul, um, when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was a very physical resurrection. We just spent several months um, uh, talking about this um, leading up to Easter. Uh, this is, this is kind of what, what our foundation for our faith is, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. So there's this idea that there's this incredible amount of power that raised Jesus from the dead. And so I think <clears throat> we, when we talk about that, death is one of those things that no question is scary for us. And it's scary for us because, you know, there's a lot of un- uncertainty. There's a lot of unknown. Um, and it's kind of like this, the, the most, fi- most final thing there is. And so when we talk about Jesus being raised from the dead, there's a certain victory over death. And there's a certain power that's involved with that that I think it's very cool to think about. If you've been in church for a while, you kind of you hear that a lot. You hear, oh, Jesus was raised from the dead. Oh, yeah, Jesus was raised from the dead. Yeah, no problem. Lazarus was raised from the dead. But I think if you take a step back and look at just the power that's involved with that, um, it, it's kind of cool. I have a, a, a YouTube video. Yeah, get ready for this. Um, hopefully this will work pretty well. Um, so when we, when we think about being raised from the dead, um, what has to happen for somebody to be raised from the dead? Okay, we have a, a physical body. We have physical processes that go on in the body. I'm, I was a biology major. don't remember hardly anything I learned in uh, my college courses, but uh, I, st- I still work in the healthcare field, so biology anatomy still kind of fascinates me. But I think if we take a take a step back and look at like what's involved with like dying and then having to be re- raised from the dead, and so there's a there's a power over the physical processes of the body that's implied with that. Um, and I have a, a video, and, and you can kind of excuse maybe the the cheesy commentary um, on the video. Um, but what I found on YouTube is just um, a very like two or three minute video on um, just uh, the, the, the workings of a cell. Um, and one of the comments, and this is, a, I think, a team from Harvard, so they're pretty smart, um, so hopefully this will be correct. Um, but no, it's just their animation of, uh, of what is going on every second within the cells of our body. Um, and so just, like I said, excuse some of the, the cheesy commentary. There's going to be some music, maybe, possibly. I don't know if it's Stephen going to play. We'll see. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool. It's all right, you know. Uh, and there's also, you know, they're, they're going to mention some evolutionary stuff. Just let's just let's roll with it, you know. Let's uh, 
let's just let's not miss the forest for the trees. So yeah, let's we're gonna play that and see how it goes. Cross our fingers that it works. Cause I, I can draw a picture if it doesn't work. All right, exciting, right? Good music, right? It got you kind of pumped up. No, not really. I didn't think so. Um, no, but in, in, in all seriousness, I think for me at least, and maybe not for y'all, maybe this is just a me thing. But I think when you take a step back and look at like that, that stuff's going on like all the time right now, and all of us, each one of our bodies. And so there's a in order for there to be like this power over death, there's power over those processes. The Lord is the one who created those processes, who is sustaining those processes, who reverses those processes in the case of death. Um, and I think that's just, I don't know, you just, again, me being a, a church kid and, and growing up in church, I think you, it, you hear the fact that, you know, God's able to raise someone from the dead. Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. But I think when you take, take a step back and look at just what is actually happening within our bodies, I think there's just a, a certain, like, awe that I think that we can kind of sit in and just the, the reality that, like, everything that's going on in our bodies is sustained by the Lord, created by the Lord, and, um, and can be... Uh, reversed, and so there's just a, a certain power that's available to that. So, I, hope we, I don't know. I hope that was not too cheesy. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just for me it was just very, uh, very cool and very. Um, it just it just took some of that truth maybe to a little bit deeper level. So, so there's power over the physical death. Um, the far uh, more scary uh, death that um, that we have victory over because of Jesus and His uh, resurrection, um, and the power that's available to us is the the, the spiritual death. Josh spent um, several weeks leading up to Lent um, really talking about the severity of our sin and, and just kind of having us sit in just some very uncomfortable um, topics, and, and, and rightfully so. I think um, a lot of us just struggle with seeing sin in an accurate way. Either we swing to one side and see, um, spend too much time in condemnation, or maybe swing to the other side and, and uh, are just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's sin, I'm, I'm forgiven. But I think when we kind of take a step back and look at just the severity of our sin. Look at the, the, the depth um, of our brokenness. Um, there's a certain, like, massive... Uh, I don't know, it's very, it's very... It can be very heavy. Uh, and, and I think when we take a step back even farther and look at, like, the power that sin has, go back to the Garden of Eden. One single act of disobedience by um, Adam and Eve has led to every evil thing on this earth that we see today. Every brokenness, every disease... Like one single act of disobedience um, has led to that, and there's just a there's, like sin is powerful. Uh, sin is very powerful, and, and we see uh, we see the depth of our own brokenness. We see the, the struggles that we have, um, the things that we just wish would go away, and that, that still haven't gone away. The the temptations that we battle. Um, sometimes we're victorious over those. Sometimes we're not. Um, and then finally, we see the severity and the power of sin over what Jesus um, had to go through and experience on the cross. Um, to free us from that. And, and I think that we, when we take a step back and look at like the severity of sin and just how deep sin is and how sin has just infected everything, the ability to conquer that and to free us from that requires an incredible amount of, of power, um, an incredible amount of power. Um, Jesus uh, walked this earth in a very physical human body, um, did not sin at all, lived, lived our sinless life. And I think the thing that's easy to forget is that uh, he relied on the same spirit to resist temptation. He, he left all of his divine uh, qualities um, in heaven when he came down to earth. Um, he came and was very reliant on the spirit, just like you and I are. And, and I think there's a, when we look at that, take a step back and look at that, like there's, a, there's a very um, real power that's available to us because of what Jesus did and because of the power that was manifest in the way that he 
um, uh, submitted himself to the cross and was raised from the dead, that um, there's a very, very real power over, over our sin. Um, we are not slaves to sin anymore. Um, we are not slaves to the effects of sin. Yes, like stuff, um, stuff still affects us, no question. We're still, we still have um, uh, times when temptation is tough and we give in. There's still brokenness within us and brokenness around us. Um, but, uh, but there is a, a victory over those things that, that we have access to, uh, a victory over, um, over sin in our lives now, a, victor, a permanent, eternal victory over sin um, when, uh, when Jesus comes back uh, uh, the second time. And so there's just this, this, this power that we have access to that is a very comforting reality for us. There's a, there's a victory over the fearful effects of this physical death. Um, like death is not the end for us. I know these truths are, are, again, this is not groundbreaking stuff by any means. But it's very, I just think it's incredible, incredibly important for us to sit in just these realities because it, it, changes, it changes how we, just how we see life. Um, so, there's, there's this victory, and I'm going to get to some of the more practical applications of what this means for us, but I just want us to sit in, in the power that's implied. There's, just, there's this power that's implied with uh, Jesus, uh, with God's ability, the Spirit's ability um, to um, reverse some of these natural processes in the body. There's power um, over, over sin that has been broken. Uh, so there's just, there's just victory that we have. There's a victory that we have. And like I said, we're going to get to some of the practical things. But just, I think it's just good for us to sit in those realities. So, so victory. Talked about that. Um, the second part of verse, um, let's see, yeah, verse uh, 20, it says that uh, this, he wants, you know, Paul's praying that we'll know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Uh, verse 20, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. And so you look at those last few verses and there's this, this idea of authority that Jesus has over all things. That Jesus, when it talks about Jesus being placed at the right hand of God, that's, that's the way that uh, Paul's describing this position of authority over all things. I mean, Paul talks like, about several specific things that Jesus has authority over, and as a result, um, that spirit within us that we can benefit from that authority. Um, first thing he mentions is the seat of his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. So looking at those four, those four things right there, what they're talking about is those spiritual authorities. The church in Ephesus, um, the, the culture at that time was, um, was very big on like, the magic and the occult. And so there was a lot of influence on the believers at that time from people that really followed a lot of these sects. And so, so there was uh, there's just this, this implication that the spiritual power was very strong. You know, these, these evil spiritual forces were very strong. And so what Paul's saying is that, that there's an, an authority that we have, the authority that Jesus has that we benefit from over these spiritual things. And I know we don't tend to talk about these things a whole lot, spiritual warfare, Satan, you know, all that stuff, because it's, it's, it can be a little weird, and there's, there's a lot of bad, bad teaching on it. Hopefully tonight will not be one of those examples. But uh, there's just a lot of just things that, are, that we, we're not, we're not going to understand, that we can't understand. But I don't want us to discount the reality that, um, that this is a very real part. Satan is very real. Satan is very powerful. He has been given authority over this earth for some, for some period of time. Uh, um, and so there's, there's a very real power of, of Satan. Um, however, I think the, the cool thing and the thing we see here is that 
um, that there's an authority over that that Jesus has. The, only, the, the power that Satan has been given uh, and the power that his demons have been given are only, is only power that has been given to him and that he's been allowed to have and has been allowed to have for a very temporary amount of time. Um, we see some examples of this. Um, you look in uh, whenever um, Jesus is talking to Peter and says, you know, Peter, I've, you know, Satan has asked that I may sift you, that you may sift you like wheat. I know that I'm praying for you. And so you see that, that Satan has to get authority from Jesus, permission from Jesus to, uh, to uh, tempt Peter. You see in, in Job, same thing. Um, Satan approaches God and says, hey, you know, here's, you know, this is your servant Job right here. Um, things are going great for him. Let me, you know, let me, let me test him a little bit and see, see how devoted he is to you. And, and um, the Lord says, okay, you know, go, but don't touch a hair on his head. And so there's just this, even, and I know this, that raises a lot of questions, no question. And, and, and that's a, a topic for another discussion. Um, but I think there's a, when we see that, take a step back and look at the reality that even the, all the bad stuff that we have, uh, that we see in this world, all the things that we see in this world, there's, a, there's an authority over those things. Uh, and that authority is, uh, is given to one who works all things for our good and who is constantly at work for, all, for our good. And so because of that, like, because of the fact that Jesus has authority over those things, there's a very real power within us that is able to fight against those things um, when, when, we, when we encounter them. Um, there are, there, oppression is very real. Spiritual attacks are very real. And there is, um, we, don't, we are not helpless against those things. And there's a very real authority and power uh, that's available to us. Um, so it's just it's just it's just important for us to to, to sit in that. I think um, Paul also talks about that there's a authority over every name that is named, uh, not only in this age, uh, but also in the one to come. So there's uh, this implication that there's authority over every single human authority that's been put in place. Um, we look at you know every king and ruler that's been uh, in place from the beginning of time. Uh, every president. Um, we see these positions of authority that seem very powerful and that sometimes um, do things that, uh, that, are, um, that they try to wield their hand of power over people. And, uh, and, uh, and I think it's very easy to forget that there's something bigger going on than what we see with, within, these, within these times. The Lord has authority over everything. Every king that has been put in place, every president that has been put in place um, is under the authority of the Lord. And, and nothing that happens can withstand, can can negate what his plans are for, our, for his people. And, uh, and I think that's very easy for us to forget, um, especially when things are very scary, you know, um, when especially, I think we're very fortunate that we live in a country that um, the power of the president is, is limited, you know, and so, but we, you have certain countries where that's not the case, where there's a constant fear of the authority of the ruling uh, power in that, in that country. And so for us to debate, take a step back and realize that um, there's an authority over that, that uh, no matter what this, these authorities, these earthly human authorities can do, um, they're uh, unable to thwart the plans of our good and gracious and loving Father. And so that same spirit that's within us, like that, that's the spirit that has power over those things. Um, Paul says that uh, he put all things under Jesus' feet. Um, there's a, a sermon that I um, uh, was reading a while back that... I think put this very well, and it's a John Piper sermon. Again, I'm not, I know Josh says he's not a Piperite, uh, neither am I, uh, but his sermons are very easy to access, and so um, we can put that, I think, up there. I'm going to let y'all read it as I read it. It says, uh, <clears throat> The risen Jesus Christ is head over all things, head, implying authority, 
and conscious active rule over all history, all human beings, all demonic powers, all disease, disability, all nature, weather, hurricanes, lightning bolts, tornadoes, volcanoes, earthquakes, floods, global warming, all businesses and industry, healthcare, sports, March Madness, inventions, media, internet, iPad mania, uh, military might, governments, presidents, kings, chiefs, religions, universities, solar systems, stars, galaxies, molecules, atoms, subatomic particles, and 10,000 things no, no man has ever yet discovered. Jesus is now head over them all, conscious, active, authoritative ruler. Um, another quote that in one of the commentaries I, I was reading on this, I think puts it in just a beautiful way. Um, you got that, Jesse? It says, uh, Christ fills all the universe in all respects. That is, the entire universe is not only dependent on him for the fulfillment of its every need, but is also governed by him in the interest of the church. Thus, he is constantly pervading all things by his love and power. So, when we look at those two passages, we see the scope of the authority of Jesus. Um, the scope of the authority of, that he has over all things, ranging from... Um, from governments to weather to galaxies that uh, we haven't yet discovered. And he, and he is filling all things, pervading all things by his love and power. Um, so there's this authority that is there that Jesus has that we have been given access to and, and, and benefit from. So what, like taking these things, taking this victory and authority, and we've talked about some of the practical implications already, um, but what, is this, like, what does this mean practically for us? Like what does this mean for us when we're walking, you know, going to work, going to school, um, hanging out with family. Um, what does this mean for us? And I think um, there's, a, there's a lot. I mean, we can, we can probably talk about some of the practical implications for this for a while. Um, there's a few things I want to hit on. Um, there's, there's freedom, and we've talked about some of these already, but I think it, repetition is good. There's freedom from uh, the power of sin. Um, uh, uh, like we talked about earlier, uh, we've been freed from the bondage of sin, meaning that we don't have to to give in to, to sin, um, uh, even though the temptation is no, no question, it seems strong. But I think the important thing to remember, and we talk about the depth and the power of sin, I think we forget how powerful sin is at times, and, and what a victory it is that we experience when we uh, experience um, victory over these, over these small sins. Any measure of victory we have over any sin within us is a reason for celebration, uh, is, a, is a reason for celebration. It's very tangible evidence of... Um, of God's ultimate victory over sin. It points to his, um, his ultimate victory over sin. I think it's very easy for us to get um, very focused on, uh, on just the, um, the remaining sin in our lives. And no question, we need to take that kind of stuff very, very seriously and need to be very aware of that. Um, but I also think it's a very real testament to the power and to the grace of the Lord when we are very aware of the victory that the Lord has given us over, over sin in our lives and the fact that uh, we have access to victory over every sin, every temptation that we come across. Um, there's freedom uh, to, for us to walk in uh, obedience and joy. Uh, there's freedom for us to, uh, there's freedom to walk in obedience. Uh, obedience is very freeing for us. Um, it's freedom for us to love others selflessly. Uh, the, the, uh, the power of the Spirit within us, the reality of the Spirit within us, um, frees us up to love other people well. Um, there's also a, a confidence, I think, that we have. In addition to this freedom, there is a, a confidence that we have. Um, uh, there's a confidence that nothing that we encounter on this earth can ever ultimately hurt us. Um, nothing that we experience, um, 
good or bad, um, everything is being turned for our good. And so when we walk forward through times where we're just, things are confusing sometimes and things don't make sense, um, we can walk forward in confidence that, um, that our, the Spirit is at work within us. He is teaching us. He's guiding us. He is, uh, he is transforming us. He is um, sanctifying us through all these things, even when we can't see it. Um, there's, a, there's times that we will be affected and wounded, no doubt. Um, and there's times that, um, that we won't experience the fullness of this confidence. One of the uh, passages that the Lord has really been just using a lot in my own life is in Ephesians 3.20, and you don't have to turn there. But uh, one of the things it says, it says that, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Um, so one of the cool things I think about that passage is that there is a power that is at work within us that is far greater than any, uh, anything that we can ask or imagine or think. Um, that even in our moments of, of our weakest faith and in our moments of our, of our strongest faith, there is a power that is at work within us that is accomplishing far more than we realize. Um, and for that, we have just an incredible amount of hope, an incredible amount of, of peace, an incredible amount of security, knowing that, um, that the, our faith is not ultimately in our, our faith. It's in the one who is at work within us and the power that's at work within us. Um, so we have that freedom, that confidence, that hope. We have this victory that we're walking in. We have this authority that we're able to walk in. No question, at times it seems more real than others. Um, but one of the cool things I think it, this shows about the Lord is that Paul talks about in verse 22, he says he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. Um, that, 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 that this, has been a, this is a gift to us. Like the Spirit of the Lord, the, rea- the realities that we just talked about, the power that we just talked about, the hope that we just talked about, the confidence that we just talked about, it's a gift to us. And when we talk about a gift, it's, uh, we talk about something that we have been uh, freely given. We talk about that a lot here. Um, but what that does is that communicates the heart of the Lord toward us. The fact that He gives us this um, because He wants us to experience the fullness of, uh, of the, the truths of these things and to walk in that fullness. Um, the, the, these realities are realities that we, we can definitely walk in, but they're, they're realities that we live under. The realities that are true no matter whether we under, like, fully understand them, the realities that are true no matter uh, whether we uh, feel them or not, they're, they're, there's a freedom to submit to these realities and allow the Lord to teach us how to walk in these more confidently. Um, this, this, there's just an incredible amount of victory and freedom that we have that I really want us to, and, and I, as a confession, like walking through preparing for this sermon, um, there are just times that I was like, Lord, I don't I'm not even experiencing this freedom. I'm not experiencing this authority. Uh, I'm not experiencing this hope, this confidence. And I think that's okay because the Lord wants to walk us through what this means and wants us to sit in some of these truths and to realize just how incredible um, these truths are for us. And so I'd um, kind of closing out. I hope that just wherever you're at on the scope of things, whether you are um, in a time where, uh, of abundance where the Lord is just really working and doing a lot of uh, incredible things in your life, or you're at a time where uh, there's just a lot of struggle. I hope that um, sitting in some of these truths and allowing the Lord to make these truths more of a reality can give us direction and wisdom in, in walking forward. Um, and so let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray. I'm going to have Cody and them come on up, and, uh, and we'll go ahead and celebrate and, uh, and just respond to this. Um, let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for, um, for who you are and just for the realities that, uh, 
that you are um, just at work within us with such an incredible amount of power that we are just only beginning to understand. Um, Lord, I just pray for um, just a recognition of uh, just the um, just a realization of your spirit within us, Lord. Uh, it's a, a realization that allows us to see um, to see you differently, Lord, to see uh, ourselves differently, and to see others differently, Lord. I just pray that, uh, God, that uh, no matter where we're at in life, uh, we will uh, just come to see how much you love us and, um, and how much victory we, we are walking in, how much uh, authority uh, you have over everything that we face. Uh, there's nothing that we can face that, um, that you do not control, uh, that you... Uh, do not determine. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that. Um, God, just uh, bless this time of uh, worship. Lord, let us respond. Let us sit in these truths a little bit more. And, uh, and Lord, just, um, just direct our hearts on, on where you are uh, teaching us and where you're moving in us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.